0: THK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne, the headlines. Beijing and its supporters reject growing international criticism of the expulsion of four pan-democratic lawmakers. The convener of the pan-democratic camp says he's relieved to be quitting LegCo, but the fight will go on. And calls grow to force all taxi drivers to undergo Covid-19 tests. The Office of the Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong has hit back at overseas criticism of the disqualification of four pan-democratic lawmakers, insisting that Beijing has dished out the right medicine, Maggie Ho reports.
1: In a statement, a spokesperson for the office said the expulsion of Elvin Yeung, Dennis Kwok, Kwok and Kenneth Leung would start a new chapter in ensuring the smooth operation of the legislature. The decision was the right medicine and would ensure the normal operation of LegCo, it added. The disqualifications would also better ensure that Hong Kong is governed by Hong Kong people with a high degree of autonomy, it added, without expanding. The statement followed condemnation of the expulsions by a number of foreign governments. Overnight, Britain summoned the Chinese ambassador to protest, while Canada said it was expanding immigration options for Hong Kong people in light of recent developments.
0: A delegate to Beijing's top advisory body has dismissed the Bar Association's comment that the ousting of four pro-democracy lawmakers violates the basic principles of fairness and due process in the rule of law. Henry Tang was speaking alongside other CPPCC delegates as they declared their staunch support for the MPC Standing Committee decision. Mr Tang quoted the Vice Chairwoman of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, as he insisted there was due process. I'm sure everybody here understands and supports the Hong Kong's legal system is grounded on very solid bedrock of due process. So I believe uh, Maria Tam yesterday also said that they could appeal, they could uh, launch a judicial review of the process. Although Maria's comment is that she thinks that the chances of winning is very slim, but I would not jump to any conclusion. I would leave that process if they decide to launch a judicial review, then it will be up to our judiciary to uh, make that decision. The convener of the Pan-Democrats, Wu Wai, has described it as a relief after he and 14 other pro-democracy legislators resigned yesterday. They were protesting Beijing's ousting of four of their colleagues for unpatriotic behaviour. The Democratic Party chairman, Mr Wu, defended the disruptive tactics by opposition lawmakers in LegCo, saying the government had refused to respond to people's demands following last year's mass anti-government protests. He said the fight for democracy would continue.
1: I believe as long as we can keep our determination to fight and we never give up, then we can get the results because no dictatorship or authoritative type of government can sustain their regime forever. So we have to keep up because I believe democracy and freedom, it is the mainstream for people to work for in the coming future and it will come definitely one day.
0: There are calls for mandatory Covid-19 testing of taxi drivers after several were diagnosed with the virus this week. Ho Chi Kung, who leads the taxi division of the Motor Transport Workers' General Union, admitted there'd been only a lukewarm response from drivers to the government's voluntary testing scheme, with around 30-40% to 40% participating. He said that mandatory testing could find asymptomatic carriers. An infectious disease expert from the Chinese University, David Hui, agreed the scheme could be made compulsory if too few drivers came forward. Meanwhile, the health minister, Sophia Chan, says the government is finalising plans to force some people to undergo virus testing. Professor Chan said the administration was coming to an end of the study into the legal basis for mandatory tests, and the executive PAC council would soon give the green light. As some lawmakers called for compulsory tests for everyone, Professor Chan told Legco panel which groups will be covered by the tests. She spoke through an interpreter. The, there are three areas. People with symptoms, if they don't do a test, they have the highest risk. Second, when there's an outbreak, so whether it is a building or a particular workplace, when there's an outbreak, we can apply mandatory testing. And third, there are high-risk jobs and there are facilities that need to be open all the time." The Australian state of Victoria has recorded 14 consecutive days without any coronavirus cases or deaths. The city of Melbourne was at the centre of the nation's second wave of infections and was subject to one of the world's longest and strictest lockdowns. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Two weeks without any new COVID-19 cases or fatalities is a milestone for Victoria. Masks are still mandatory, but life is slowly beginning to resemble what it was before the pandemic. The state border with neighbouring New South Wales is due to reopen later this month. But Australia's international borders are expected to remain closed to foreign travellers well into next year. A national vaccination policy will be discussed by Australia's political leaders to determine who should be prioritised if a successful treatment is found. And the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, says foreign students won't be allowed to return because of the number of locals stuck overseas. Australia closed its borders in March to slow the spread of COVID-19. With thousands of Australians wanting to return, Mr Morrison said there were enough quarantine facilities. France and Britain have both reported large numbers of coronavirus cases in spite of their lockdowns. The French Prime Minister, Jean Castet, said that there were now more COVID-19 patients in French hospitals than there had been at the height of the pandemic earlier in the year. In the past few days, we've counted one person admitted to hospital every 30 seconds and one admission to intensive care every three minutes. of the people admitted to intensive care are under 65 years of age. This is obviously considerable, and we've surpassed in terms of the number of hospitalizations, the peak in April. South Korea has reported its biggest daily jump in COVID-19 cases in more than two months as the government began imposing fines on people who failed to wear masks in public. The 191 cases represented the sixth day in a row of more than 100. Most were from the densely populated Seoul area. In the US, Barack Obama has accused senior Republicans of undermining democracy by going along with President Trump's refusal to admit he lost last week's election. The comments in a CBS interview were the first by the former president since the poll, which was won by his former vice president, Joe Biden. They appear to be motivated in part because uh, the president doesn't like to lose, and uh, never admits loss. Um, I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring him in this fashion. Um, It is one more step in delegitimizing not just the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally. And that's a dangerous path. A growing number of prominent Republicans in the US are joining top Democrats calling for Joe Biden to receive the daily presidential intelligence briefings. The Republican governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, has referred to Mr Biden as president-elect. The former Irish president, Mary Robinson, who's head of the non-profit Elders Organization, says Mr Trump's failure to concede could affect Washington's standing on the world stage. President Trump is not adhering to the normal protocols and processes for a transition of power. He's giving such bad example. And so we do see it as being serious for the United States in the short term, but also very worrying internationally because it's obviously something that autocrats are rejoicing in. They're just laughing and they're saying, who talks about democracy? Look at the United States. So it is very serious. Senior US officials responsible for the integrity of the presidential election say there's no evidence that any votes were deleted or lost or that the poll was in any way compromised. A statement from the officials from the Department of Homeland Security notes there are many unfounded claims about the elections, but the American people should have the utmost confidence in their integrity. President Trump has repeatedly circulated unfounded claims of fraud and errors. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. A lot of this resistance is partly about mandate denial. The Republican claims that this election was stolen are partly about delegitimizing Joe Biden. So when he comes forward with a legislative agenda, they can kind of say to their base, He's not the real president. He didn't win this fair and square. We're getting more insights as well about the thinking inside the White House. Talk of a possible run in 2024, which is obviously would be a tacit acknowledgement that they've lost this. Talk about how the legal strategy is now about trying to score a couple of victories for Donald Trump so he can embroider this narrative uh, that he was hard done by in 2020, that the election was won by nefarious means, even though Donald Trump hasn't managed to come up with any evidence to underscore his allegations. Of massive fraud. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Buzz Lightyear, and Captain Hook have all been included in a list of defendants due to appear in court hearings in Northern England. The names were spotted in an online list by a divorced barrister who speculated Is it someone's last day at work? Here's the BBC's Harvey Cook. The Disney list of defendants due to appear at Stoke on Trent Crown Court today raised a few eyebrows as Mickey and Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck were apparently all set to be before a judge. Other classic characters, including Tinkerbell, Bugs Bunny, Road Runner, and Sleeping Beauty, were also on the list to have their cases heard. It prompted speculation on social media that their inclusion may have been a joke by an outgoing member of staff, but officials have apologised, saying the error was due to the testing of a new court listing system. In financial news, President Trump has signed an executive order banning U.S. investors from buying or selling shares in companies that Washington deems to be owned or backed by the Chinese military. 31 firms are on the blacklist. The president's order said China was increasingly exploiting American capital to boost the development and modernization of its military intelligence and other security mechanisms that could threaten U.S. interests. A short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 26.076, that's 93 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar, trading at 104.91 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 18 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Cheng. We start with a piece of football history. North Macedonia have qualified
1: for a major tournament for the first time as an independent nation. Goran Pendev scored the only goal of the game as they beat Georgia to book their place in next year's European Championship Finals. They're one of the final four teams to qualify for the rescheduled Euro 2020 following last night's playoffs. North Macedonian sports journalist Philip Mischoff says it's a huge achievement oh it's a big thing for us uh high emotions are running to to every man in this, and woman in this country now and this is really a dream country you can if you watch the game you can see it what it means to our players to our
0: captain to our national coach it's a sign of uh good things to come hard work and uh good tactical approach of our coach they all wanted to win and they played as a big family
1: Hungary, Slovakia and Scotland have also booked their places in Euro 2020. Hungary scored twice in the last five minutes to beat Iceland 2-1 in Budapest. Slovakia were also 2-1 winners, though they needed extra time to get past Northern Ireland. Scotland reached their first major final since the World Cup in 1998. They defeated Serbia on penalties following a one-all finish in Belgrade. The Scotland captain and Liverpool defender, Andy Robertson says it's a proud moment for the team. You know, they end up equalising. You have to pick yourself up for the the extra time, which we did, and without creating much. And then, you know, when you go to penalties, you're always back marching. It's just whether the lads can hold their nerves and manage to do it. But, you know, we've came so far as a squad, and, um, you know, I'm proud of every one of them up there because they've been through a lot, a lot of criticism, a lot of negativity at times, and, you know, we've stuck together and we've battled through it now. I really hope everyone back home can see the positive side to this because we're absolutely delighted and I hope in a really tough time we've put a smile on a lot of people's faces. Next to golf, England's Paul Casey has taken the clubhouse lead on a rain-affected opening day at the Masters in Augusta. Casey made his best-ever start to a major with a bogey free 7 under par 65, which included an eagle and five birdies.
0: There is this vibe, and there's this vibe that Augusta National has. This aura, this this some something that's intangible, something you can't measure that it's just adds excitement to playing this golf course. So, um, granted, look, there's not a lot of people. We had some fans, obviously, on the golf course last week in Houston. This is nothing like that, but um, it's still exciting. Exciting to be out there.
1: Casey leads by two shots from Webb Simpson and Sanders Shoffley. Defending champion Tiger Woods is in a group of players tied at four under par. World number 1 Dustin Johnson is at three under par after the rain halted his opening round. And that's your look at sports.
0: And to end the news, the top stories once again. Beijing and its supporters reject growing international criticism of the expulsion of four pan-democratic lawmakers. The convener of the pan-democratic camp says he's relieved to be quitting LegCo, but the fight will go on, and calls Grog to force all taxi drivers to undergo Covid-19 tests. The news from RTHK. Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Meir, on this Friday afternoon. Yeah. Friday the 13th is today's date. We're going to start the show with uh, one of our features from this year's Operation Santa Claus and we're going to hear all about Bring Me a Book Hong Kong, which is one of the 19 charities that we're supporting for this year's Operation Santa Claus. And Steve James will be speaking to their executive director, Pierre Wong, to find out about their project.